Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A Tottenham Hotspur team crashing out of Europe midweek, 1-0 down and losing Harry Kane to injury. It's fair to say many would have already had the script poised on Sunday. However, in true Pochettino fashion, Spurs showed their character and resilience which many still question to fight back and put Bournemouth to the sword, as we have the last word on Spurs. Cleverly for Sheringham! The Bermondorf first one to Spurs! And Defoe all the way! We are on Twitter at LastWordOnSpurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of the Last Word on Spurs, we'll be looking back at the 4-1 freshing against Bournemouth. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to the huge FA Cup quarterfinal against Swansea. Before we start tonight's show, I have to say a massive happy birthday to my co-host, Jason McGovern. Jace isn't with us here tonight, but I've got to just say what a pleasure it is doing the show with Jason on a weekly basis. No doubt we'll be hearing Jason's tones back on the show very, very shortly. So let's introduce the guest talking us through the next hour tonight. Back twice in a week, I can't believe I'm saying this, I've got John with me. John, how are you? <laughs> Can't get rid of me now, mate. I'm all good. I'm all good. You're Looking good. forward to it. Oh, George, it seems like an achievement itself to have you twice in a week. What's going on, John? What's happening? 
joining John tonight. We've got a debuter on the show. Really pleased to have him. We've got Jack Rosser with us, the online reporter for The Standard, who covers Tottenham and West Ham. Jack, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all. And it's a shame, Jack, we're not covering the uh, the circus down the road, but I'm sure they'll come up in conversation. I doubt it. I, I doubt they'll uh, we'll do an hour without speaking about them. It's true, it's true. And <laughs> finally, last but not least, I'm pleased to say we've got another Jack joining us, a returning one back on the show. We've got the runner of the Hotspur Lane account, Jack Fletcher, back on the show. Jack, how are you? I'm good, mate. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me again. Don't be silly. Our pleasure, Jack. Our pleasure. Well, I tell you what, John, um, can I start with you from the weekend? I mean, let's just say it, John, it was a tremendous amount of character shown by Spurs, who not only had to deal with going behind early on against Bournemouth, but also the loss of Kane. However, John, no fear, upstep the likes of Ali, Son and Aurea to ensure that we move up to third and come from behind to win our first league game of the season, John. Yeah, it weren't bad, was it? I, I think if anyone was questioning the the cojones to use Troy Deeney's <laughs> phrase of, of this team and them uh, any questions were, were thoroughly put to bed on Sunday I think you know it's all it's inbuilt within us to think the worst when things like when we make a start like we did obviously could have been 1-0 down already when they hit the crossbar then they do score mm. then as you say Kane goes off injured and you're thinking oh god here we go groundhog day but they, the team showed massive balls to come back and win and in the end it was a, it was a really good performance from there on in I think the them going 1-0 up shook us up a little bit and possibly was the best thing that could have happened in the game, to be honest. And it was, uh, although my 3-0 prediction was out the window within six <laughs> minutes, I was, uh, I was still pleased. Obviously, it was, uh, it was a great win and, as you say, up to third now. So, onwards and upwards. Yeah, I bet well, the only thing out the window, John, at 1-0, was it? That was a bit of a worrying <laughs> start, to be honest. Well, I said, I said to my boys, right, might as well turn this off now, lads. <laughs> But how wrong I was, as usual. Oh, well, John, it was a great comeback. I mean, Jack, let me bring you in, Jack Rosser, that is. I mean, let's be honest, it looked highly unlikely after that first quarter of an hour that we was going to, you know, maybe come back in the game in the manner we did. But, I mean, do we say, Jack, credit to Pochettino, you know, the instruction of Lamella did seem to help us when many maybe didn't think that was the right substitution. Deli Ali finally ending that goal-scoring drought and Son, you know, plenty giving us reasons at the moment, Jack, to think maybe we can cope without Kane. Depending on what, he, how long he's going to be out. Son, Son has been fantastic. Mm. I think it is going to be an extended period. Really? Um, without Kane. Obviously, obviously, the club are keeping um, quiet at the moment. There's some mm. swelling on Kane's ankle that they need to wait to go down to get a proper sort of look at the injury. But um, it, it seemed very similar to the two injuries he picked up last year. It'll probably be, you know, you, you'll miss a few games. Um, the, having the international break obviously helps. But Son was outstanding yesterday. I think even when... It, the game started, Spurs were sort of, you know, the opening few minutes comfortably in control. That one Stanislas chance sort of shook them. And then from there on, Bournemouth were, were on top of Wanyama and Sanchez. You know, neither are fantastic on the ball, especially Wanyama, who hasn't had too much game time or as much as he would have liked. So they're on top of them. And then they sort of faded away the change after Harry Kane came off. Of course, it's nothing to do with him coming off the shape as a player. The shape just didn't really suit with that sort of focal point. So, Lorente, interestingly, got up, warmed up, was looking ready to come on and Poch decided to go with um, with Eric Lamella and that sort of more electric front three, if you like, with his introduction was was just too much for Bournemouth. They couldn't handle it. Did get a bit unlucky with a disallowed goal, but then you can't go and concede another two and, and Son was just fantastic again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, incredible form solid at the moment, you've got to say. Really, really at the moment, he's coming to the fore. I mean, Jack, bringing it round to you, let, let me ask you. I mean, going 1-0 down, was you confident this Spurs team would come back and win in such emphatic fashion that it did? Well, not really. After I remember on way back from Juve, I turned to my mate and said, oh, this, this result could kill us here. It, it could really hamper our season and... And and then I thought to myself, no, no, it won't. This is Pochettino's Tottenham. It's yeah. not Tottenham of 2012. I thought, you know, I quickly came back on that, and I thought, no, we'll we'll do well at Bournemouth, and then because they have got some cojones. But <laughs> I just when we went one nil down, I questioned the team again. I said, oh no, one nil down, Kane's gone. We're not. We're, we're going to struggle here. It's going to be a long day, and they proved me wrong again. And I'm never ever going to question the balls of this team again Pochettino Pochettino sides do not quit ever and I think they're another example yeah very much so let me ask you I mean there Jay you mentioned there about Pochettino teams now he got a lot of stick during the week about you know his changes the the substitutions but again I I refer back to what I said earlier that he seems to get a lot of stick for choosing to bring Lamella on you know, in that first half where we had the injury to Kane. Do you think Pochettino again vindicated there? He, he got his substitution spot on on the day with bringing Lamella on. Yeah, yeah, again. I don't know why we we still question him. I don't know. He does not deserve questioning at this point in time. I mean, I were happy with whoever he brought on. When, when Kane initially went down, I was thinking Lamella will come on and then when Lamella came on, I wasn't surprised until I looked on social media after and people were complaining. But Son is Son is our second choice striker. I, just, yeah. I don't I don't think Lorente is his second choice at the minute. He's not proved it nowhere near enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. It's a fair point. We have to still consider this Spurs team still unbeaten the Premier League for 2018 as well. So, I mean, so much, I say, to talk about with Tottenham at the moment. So many good things. And as I we've recovered from that European hangover so, so well. John, let me bring it back round to you. So, in terms of the team, we had Wanyama coming back in um, in the place of Dyer, who was only fit enough to make the bench, while Pochettino rotated at the fullback area with Rose and Noria coming in for Davis and Trippier. Was you any surprised, John, by that team? I think you said in our last show that you was expecting to see changes at fullback, wasn't you? Yeah, I think it was the the three changes that were made were the three that I did predict on the last pod. Because you know, like I say, you got the the fullbacks at a a difficult time really against Juve, and it's uh, you know they Pochettino does expect a lot of his fullbacks, and to do it again, you know, the turnover between games seems to be all season seems to have been we're playing midweek with all the replays and stuff we've had. So I weren't surprised to see. Uh, the changes that he did make and it, it, you know, freshened us up a little bit. But, you know, this is the thing about having this, you know, we've got a decent squad there now for the mm. first time in what feels like a while. We've got, you know, we do have options. Like Jay was just saying, you know, when <clears throat> when Kane goes off, you're not necessarily thinking, right, centre forward, because that's probably exactly what Bournemouth and their back four were expecting. Another big lad to play up front, number nine, but it didn't work out that way. Obviously, bought on Lamella and... Like, like was just said, Son's what he's got eighteen goals, I think nine assists in yeah. forty three games. Frightening stats, isn't it? Like, Frightening. It's, that's just that's you know better than most other teams out and out striker. So from that point of view, <clears throat> you know it worked out lovely, didn't it? And Son, he, what's he got seven in five now, seven in four, whatever it is, he's yep. on fire. 
Yeah, he's absolutely on fire. I mean, let me ask you, Jack, bring it around to you. It was another very strong 11 selected by Pochettino that also came with a wealth of experience on the bench. When you look at the likes of, you know, Trippier and Davis on there in terms of the defensive options, and then you look at the forward options, Jack, in Lamella, Lucas and Lorente. I mean, it is a very strong squad, isn't it? Where many in the past Tottenham fans have complained about, you know, the depth in the squad. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a, the way they've done it has worked, again, as it does with Pochettino tends to with Poch and Levy, they've sort of built it up over a slow process to the point where you have now, you can look to the bench and see, you know, a few faces that you know Poch will trust. Um, Lorente's maybe not quite there yet. I still sort of think if he had a lot of faith in, in him, he would have brought him on instead mm. of Lamella yep. uh, at the weekend. Regardless of the tactics, if he trusted him, he would, he would have thrown him on. But you, I was at the um, Crystal Palace game not too long ago and you look at their squad, albeit the fact that it's been decimated by injury, and you just look at the bench and the depth is non-existent. And it makes such a difference at this sort of point in the season to have a squad like that when you are still in the FA Cup and you've got you've got to go to places. I mean, it's not gone too well with the replays, but even going to um, Swansea is going to be a tough one. You need to rely on having a big enough squad um, to cope with that, especially when it gets towards the end of the season. Yeah, very much so. I mean, and Jay bringing you in. The squad hopefully will look even stronger once Winks and Adeverald returns. I mean, we don't know about Harry Kane yet, but again, strength in depth is there, Jay, isn't it? Yeah, it's been coming along over the last few years, hasn't it? People joining and bringing Harry Winks through. I don't. Is he actually injured, Harry? Or is so from he... what we hear, I mean, Jack, you might know more about this than me. Um, anything on Harry Winks? He's still injured for you, Jack? Do you know anything about? Uh, Harry he Winks? is. I I think Poch has said that he is back. He's one hundred percent fit again. It's just a term of, in like reintegrating it into getting match fit again. And of course, you're stuck with a bit of a a, a dilemma there because he needs games to get fit and he'll need games at the highest level to get fit. But this is a discussion mm. uh, myself and one of my colleagues were having. Um, not not too long ago, in that this Tottenham team is probably the hardest to get back into in the Premier League yep. if you've dropped out through injury, because Pochettino likes things having a bit of a flow. He puts a lot of trust in players. So once once you are back, look look how long Wink stayed there with other players coming back around him. Yeah, well, I mean we've um, seen with Wanyama, haven't we? As well, Wanyama hasn't just walked back into this team either. It, precisely, and mm. and it may be different with Alderweireld when he gets fit again. Of course, it'll be different with Kane. But it is, a, it is a hard side to get back into once once you return from injury. Yeah. Let me ask you, Jay, are you concerned by the fact Winks, you know, he's been out for a while? I mean, like Jack says there, can you see him just, you know, walking his way back into this team? I don't think you can, can you? What do you think? No, I don't really think so. And that, that, that says something about our team at the minute mm. when I remember Harry Winks at Bernabeu and we were all raving. He we was my man at match and he... Yeah. Now he can't... I can't even see him on the bench. Maybe it's Sissoko, <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I think it's just testament to the squad at the minute and yes. what Pochettino's created. It's, it's getting better and better. It is very much indeed. I mean, John, let me bring it back round to you. I mean, it's fair to say, you know, Bournemouth from the very first minute of that whistle did put pressure on us, didn't give us much time. And we had the first couple of minutes, John, where Stanislas ended up right through the middle, free, free on goal. And I think, do we give any credit, John, to Laurie's coming out, you know, very early off his line to make himself big and force Stanislas into, you know, hitting against the bar? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was it was terrific goalkeeping by Hugo. I think there would have been some um, criticism for the way he, he stayed he stayed at home when Dybala was through last Wednesday. Mm, so I don't yeah. think he was ever going to let that happen again. Obviously, Stanislas was a lot closer in 
when he when he finally touched the ball. But yeah, it was he put pressure on him. It made him make a split decision. And let's be honest, he's not the greatest of players, Julian Stanislas, is he? So it was a. I think it was good keeping, and he yeah he, he did well there. You know what I mean? If we if that ends up being one and then two follows soon, then of it would course. have been you know maybe game over after the inside the opening ten minutes. But listen, it's it's the same as what Jay was saying there about people questioning Pochettino, like. It's, it's difficult to do that with the players as well. You're talking about Hugo Lloris, captain of France, one of the best goalkeepers in the history of our club. Very much so, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of them. It's, there's talent. All, there's such a dearth of talent. Sorry, depth of talent all the way through that squad. And he, he, for me, I still I heard Mido talking last week about the need for us to sign an, an, a top keeper. And I'm thinking, Jesus, mate, you played with like... He was Robert, some shite. He, was he did. First, didn't yeah, he? he did indeed. Yeah, he did. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll credit Hugo there definitely. If he'd have stayed on his line, it's an, he, you know he's there's as he can aim for either post there, Stanislas. In the end, he had to go over the keeper. Ultimately, of course, he hit the bar, so worked out all right for us. Yeah, very much so. Let me bring it over to you, Jack. Do you find that? I mean, on the back of what was, let's be honest, it was a, a gruelling, you know, Wembley Wembley tie on the Wednesday when we went out to Juventus in the Champions League. Do you think that could be, you know, a little bit of an excuse for the reason behind the sloppy start and the slow start against Bournemouth at the weekend? I think that would have played on their minds. Like I said mm. earlier, they did in, in the opening minutes. It was all Tottenham. Bournemouth didn't didn't get a look in, and then as soon as that chance comes through, I think it was a a really simple ball from Lewis Cook to just sort of cut the back four open. Mm. And from there, Spurs would have had something playing on their mind. You know, you get... A, a lot can be said that they'll ignore about the sort of mentality of the side, and most notably Chiellini. But that sort of got brought up a lot after the game um, to, to the manager and to the players. And it's something that then would have started ringing in a couple of their minds. And, and Bournemouth smelt that and... For for a good fifteen twenty minute spell, they were rattled and they were very shaky. But then again, it's it's testament to the side that they sort of settled from that and wore Bournemouth down essentially. Yeah, very much so. Let me ask you, Jay. I mean, are you concerned by we do see some of the times away from home these slow starts to games? Do you ever worry it may cost us? You know, we're going to the business end of the season now. We need to really be at it every single game, don't we? Away from home and also at Wembley as well. Yeah, maybe in time has gone past. I think we have started slow away from home, but I think that's just Bournemouth. Credit to Bournemouth. They do that every home game, every away game. They start on the front foot from the first whistle and they do tire. And I think we were expecting it and tried to ride it a little bit, but obviously they got the early goal and it made it hard from there. But Bournemouth are a team that do come out first half, pressure, second half, pressure, and you've got to survive them waves. Sometimes away from home, you've just got to ride it. Yeah, and it's fair to say, I mean, we, we did ride it eventually, but John, I've got to bring it round to you. I mean, like Jack said there, Bournemouth did take the lead. It seemed that we never heeded that warning early on. As minutes later, we had, you know, from that chance, the expert, Adam Smith, beating Rose far too easily, John, down his left-hand side. And this time, Stanislas made no mistake. I mean, you maybe argue, John, that, you know, Aurea, he failed to win the header in the air. I mean, I hate to say it, John, seeing defending like that makes you think maybe we should pay Toby what he, what he wants. I don't know. What do you think? I think yeah, it was. Listen, it was just basic errors from both the fullbacks. Unfortunately, I think within quick succession, you had Rose being turned so quick, so easily there by Smith, who was he, he weren't he weren't sitting off and he weren't going too tight. He was just sort of in in between, and he still managed to get skinned. I think that you put that down to rustiness. You know, the, mm. the fact that Rose ended up having to go off, suffering with uh, fatigue, as Pochettino says, maybe you know it suggests that he 
he obviously hasn't had a lot of football lately and he was feeling it a little bit. And then Aurier gets sucked underneath the ball, which can, it, listen, it can happen. He's One thing you can say about Serge Aurier is he's always eager to make an impact on the game. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, Serge. <laughs> <laughs> which he managed to do in a positive way later on in the game, obviously. But yeah. up to then, you're thinking, well, now you can see why Davies and Trippier have started against Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, um, Real Madrid, Juventus. You know what I mean? So... It's it's all it's all good really. It, it, you know, I might be saying something different if if we'd have ended up losing one nil, but the fact that it didn't happen again in the game is, is obviously a good thing. And yeah, we, listen, it was always going to be a tough game just because just because of what happened on Wednesday. As we as we all said, you don't know which Spurs is going to turn up. How, mm. how are they going? How are they going to be? Are they going to be bruised and beaten after what happened on Wednesday? And after going one nil down, losing your best striker, still winning four one. You know what I mean? As Jay said earlier, we, I think we can stop questioning them now. Yeah, you've got to give him a huge amount of credit. I mean, let me ask you, Jack, bringing it round to you. Do you think, you know, in that early period where we do concede, do you think that also is down to the fact that, you know, with the rotation of fullbacks, that little bit of rustiness being there, does that play an element, a factor into it, do you think? Um, it can do. I think Pochettino is quite clever with, with his rotation. It, it does happen a lot, but you do sort of look back and, and think Davies has had a, a strong start in... Mm big games and that keeps going. I think it was Rose's first start in the Premier League since Boxing Day. Yeah. Um and to be to be honest, I thought he had a bit of a well, a bit of a shocker. Um and the the injury at the end was was very strange. Because he, he sort of the whole bench had been signalling to him for about two or three minutes to go down and then he hobbled off and then comes out that Pochettino saying it's fatigue. But I think it, it might the the rotation going back to that might be a bit of a an element. Um whether it's that, I mean, historically, Poch has always wanted to start quite quickly, but I think what's what's changed is, regardless of how they start, and it, and it happened a lot earlier in the season at home against your Swansea's and, and your Brighton's, that they have started to find a way through. Even those games where, you, where it was nervous and it was close and you sort of felt like you'd seen the same game four or five times before, they, they're finding a way to come back or come through those moments. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. You've got to say that. I mean, that does seem to be very much the case here. I mean, Jay, let me bring it over to you. You've always been, we had you on the show previously, you've been a you've been a fan of Danny Rose. I know you've had some kind of connection with him. What have you made of him since his comeback? Is he trying, do you think he's trying too hard? Is he not trying hard enough? What are you thinking about when you see Danny Rose at the moment on a football pitch playing for Tottenham? Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't say anything about what, what how much he's trying or, I don't know, no one knows, but his performances aren't showing then. I seen something on Twitter the other day about Danny Rose laying the battle lines and Pochettino winning the war, and mm. it does it does look that way. I don't think there is any way for Danny back into this team. I don't think if he, I don't think if he put in a good performance against Bournemouth, which he didn't, that he'd be in line for a starting next Premier League game. I don't think there is a way back for him, no matter what he does. I think, I think he knows that himself. It, he looked very rusty against Bournemouth. A very, very bad cross at one point where it just evaded everyone out for a goal kick. And it's not Danny that we know. It's not. He was the best left back in the country by by a country mile. And I don't know what I don't know what to say about Danny anymore. I just I don't really. I mean, he's know. tried to even cut his hair to try and get back to form. Was that an argument? <laughs> Jay, what do you think? <laughs> maybe, maybe. 
But do you think, Jay, as well, sure. do we also have to give a huge amount of credit to Ben Davies? Because I think it's fair to say, I mean, Davies himself now has made that left-back spot, Jay. You know, he's undroppable, isn't he, there, the way he's played this season? So consistent. Yeah, he is, and it's testament to Ben. Mm. I think when Ben originally signed, he did, this was this was the reality that we all foresaw, that Ben Davies was going to nail down that spot because... Danny Rose was going through a tough time before Pochettino arrived. That's very true. That's a good point. Yep. We all thought that Ben would eventually be, or at that point when we signed him, be our starting left-back. And from there, Danny kicked on. I think it's testament to both of them that they just bring the best out of each other. And I think it goes back to what Jack was saying earlier about the strength in this squad. When you come out of it, it's very hard to get back in because the replacements now can put in very good performances and... When they're doing that, they're going to stay in the team. Well, yeah, done. very much true. John, let me get your thoughts about Danny Rose at the moment. I mean, like I said there, I think for me personally, I think Davies has made that spot his own. And as we've said in the show so far, it does seem very hard a team, once you're out of it, to get back in it. Is there any way back for him, John, do you think, in this team? I think, listen, the, the difficulty is now, we haven't got any... You know, in years gone by, the way people would get their chance in the first team was via early round league cup ties and mm. Europa League games. Yep. Obviously, we've moved we've moved on as a club from that now and, and you don't have... You know, that's why I was... In my opinion, the, the replays against Newport and Rochdale were were vitally important. I didn't see any, any issue with... All right, you don't want to be drawing it away at teams like that, really. But what it did do is it allowed Poch each time to change pretty much a whole 11 and give other players a chance to play. Now, in Poch's first season, we saw the likes of Ben Davies and Harry Kane and that playing in the Europa League. And like I say, he doesn't have the opportunity to blood players anymore like that. You can't be putting more than one or two in maybe, in even less important league games, because, you know, it's a cliche, but every game's tough in the Premier League. Of course, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, as Jack rightly said just then, like when, when Davies did come in, you know, I don't suppose anyone would have minded or cared really if Rose had gone at that point. And then it become abundantly clear pretty quickly that the signing of Davies had given Rose a massive kick up the arse and he turned into the player that he was. Mm. Yeah. You know, after that, in Pochettino's second season, he was magnificent, Rose, and, it, and it, it was him playing in all the bigger games. But as time goes by, and the comments that Rose made, I suppose, didn't help much, let's be honest. No. But ben, <laughs> the thing is, each time Ben Davies plays, even if you personally favour Rose, you look at him and you go, what has he done to deserve to be dropped? Yeah, it's true. And 99% of the time, the answer's nothing. He doesn't. He, he doesn't deserve to be dropped, therefore he isn't dropped. And let's be honest... Although I thought Rose was okay. I wouldn't say he was terrible yesterday. I would say he was great. But one thing you can say is that the quality of delivery from both sides, apart from Aurier's assist, let's not forget he did chuck a few stray ones in there, <laughs> is that the quality of delivery on Trippier and Davies is much, much higher than it is consistently for from from Rose and from uh, Aurier, yep. in my opinion. Yeah. You know, we've get, we get a lot more goals coming from assists for, you know, just take... Arsenal at home the other week. That cross, that peach of a ball by Ben oh, Davies. Davis, yeah, very much so. And then, you know, the the assist, or a different one, but the assist for Son against Juve by Trippier. Mm. You know what I mean? It's all about keeping keeping calm, keeping your nerve in them positions. And I think that Rose and Aurier maybe are trying a little bit too hard, whereas Davies and Trippier are a little bit more, you know, they seem a little bit more natural within that fit, especially as, as actual out-and-out fullbacks. Maybe if, if Toby comes back and we play three centre-halves again, maybe it will change. The dynamic of the team changes, obviously. But for me, if you're playing a flat-back forward in Trippier and, and Davies are, are the number ones on both sides, for me, 
But again, you know, as we said, it is difficult to get back into this team, and that's a great thing because it hasn't always been. We've had to chuck our fit players. It's true. Yeah, it's a good point. To get a decent eleven on the pitch. Yeah, it just shows so, now the uh, quality of the squad, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And this is what happens when you give a manager time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, by uh, next game, Pochettino would have managed more Tottenham games than any other uh, manager in the Premier League era. Which, all right, we've got, we have got through some managers, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. In have. that time, let's not, let's not worry, let's not debate that. But the fact that he's managed to keep this, you know, he's kept all most of us happy as well. I say most of us because I know one or two are a you bit. You can't please everyone, John. Can you? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, no, please absolutely. Everyone. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it's. Uh, I would say, Rosie's going to find it difficult to become our, our first choice left back again, and I, I wouldn't put any money on him being. Being, the, being so for England either in the World Cup I'm afraid at the minute mm. well let's come on before that equaliser we had obviously the injury to Kane now it's a it's a stat that we should read out that Tottenham have won 10 of the last 16 games that Kane didn't start in all competitions last season when he went down Jack coming round to you I mean at the time he looked fairly innocuous it was more of a collision wasn't it because ball was in the net it was correctly adjudged offside do you think when he went down you saw straight away Jack he was in a lot of discomfort it was a strange one, yeah. You didn't really see the sort of severity of it mm. until we we got our our replays on the on the screen in the press box. But it went down, and he, he sort of obviously went to hold his ankle straight away and just grimaced and looked straight to the bench. And mm. as much as you could sort of see when he got back to the dugout, he was talking about coming back on. The way he sort of he walked round, didn't pay much attention to any of any of the subs warming up. There were three of them out there. Lorente tried to chat to him on his way. Past. didn't really give give any of them a, a second thought just a quick sort of like high five and and kept his head down and walked off it it looked like he knew and then he went straight down the tunnel shaking his head and and I think he knew straight away it's not just a simple a simple knock yeah I mean Jack the show is obviously going to go out on Tuesday morning um obviously I'm not going to ask you to sit and put a prediction on it but from what you've seen I, I can un- I think you said earlier it it's a case of it's such swelling at the moment. They, the club can't do a scan, can they, at the moment, due to the severity of the swelling? He was due to have a scan today. I'm not entirely sure whether he did or not, but there, right. there was a bit of swelling, so they couldn't get the clearest of pictures. But I think my colleague, um, Tom Colomossi, wrote today that there, there was, a from sort of lunchtime, there was a, an announcement due within 24 hours. So I'd expect something tomorrow um, from the club on, on how long it's going to be. And, of course, I think... He is going to miss the England squad, which which is announced on Thursday. Right, and gut feeling, Jack. Do you think this is a season season defining injury? Could you would you want to put your neck out and say that, or you don't, or you just seriously don't know on the basis of what I, we saw? I would on on a Tottenham perspective. On a Tottenham perspective, perspective. On a Tottenham perspective. I don't. I don't think so. I think you know we we've seen a bit last season. He, he maybe fizzled out towards the the end of the games he was covering Kane for, but Son's been a, a different player in the last few months. He, oh, yes. He's taken his game to. Another another level, so I think I think they'll be all right with with Son playing through the middle. Okay, well, let me ask you, Jay, bringing it around to you now. From what we understand about you know the the understanding of Kane's injury, depending on what it is, there's like grade one for stretched ligaments, but no tear itself. That's one to three weeks for a full recovery. Then you have kind of grade two, which is like a partial tearing of the ligaments, which is four to six weeks. Then you have kind of grade three, which is a complete tear of the ligaments, which is eight to twelve months for a full recovery and heal. If I had to ask you, Jay, I mean, what do you think gut feeling when you saw him go down? How concerned? Should we be about it? Because I mean, Jack says there, Son has been in great form. But what do you think? Ugh, I don't know. Like you said, when you first saw it, it didn't seem he didn't seem awfully bad, did it? No. He, yeah. Normally, he gets up from stuff like that, but it wasn't until you seen 
the replay and how he turned his ankle that you're thinking it's it looks pretty bad and it looked to me I'm no expert but the one at Millwall there's still photos of the twisted ankle there it, it looks it looks pretty worse than that and I don't know I don't know I will cope without him I'm just happy that Son is in form yeah obviously it changes the dynamic of the team with Son up from and I just think that we is now a test of our character again. Again, yeah. We've got to go again. Very much so. John, let me ask you about Kane. Listen, there's no doubt this guy's our talisman. But have you seen enough in this Tottenham squad to think that we can cope without him if it is a sustained period? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what would give me hope is the fact that, you know, if you remember the one against Sunderland last season, he had to be stretched off. Mm. Now, the one at Millwall, which Jay was just talking about, he, he walked off that day as well, I believe. And I think, from memory, he missed four games, of which we won all four without it. True, yep, it was, yeah. And it was it was uh, twelve months ago today, the Millwall game. So, and uh, I think we had a, a nicely timed international break then as well, didn't we? So hopefully, you know, a, a ten days of that enforced absence will be would have been wasted. Let's be honest, with international friendlies anyway. So it's not come at the worst possible. It's not come at the worst time, really. You know, if we if if this had happened before we went on that run of <coughs> uh, Man United, Arsenal. Um, the one that we, you know, we come out of in January, February, that there may be talking uh, about different levels of arsehole pouting going on in the Spurs fans' camp. <laughs> but at the minute, I'm, I'm listen. I'm, you've got to be confident in this squad, in this team. Oh, when it happened, yeah. when it happened yesterday, like I said earlier, we all said, "Oh, here we go again. We're going down the gurgler." But we didn't, and we end up scoring four goals without him. The 35 goal man on the he well, wasn't there. John, John, let, me, let me ask you, Sam John, on that point. You know, this is and again, you know, I might get vilified for saying this. Do you think, John, we played better when Kane wasn't on the field? And don't get me wrong, that's not me saying I want Kane to not be, <laughs> you know, injured for you know Kane to be injured for a long time. But I'm just saying, do you think on the day, John, do you think it suited us better not playing with Kane because the scoreline would suggest so? No, I don't think it. I don't think it helped that he wasn't there. Just in terms of the think, shape, because it seemed like you know everything. Obviously, when teams play us, they they draw you know to Harry Kane. Do you think it just seemed like we we seem to play better in the second half without him? And listen, I love Kane, and we need him on this pitch. Don't get me wrong, we need Kane back. Don't get me wrong, but just just what I mean in terms of that game itself. Well, I think what it does is when you got a centre forward who's as good as he is, <clears throat> when he goes off the pitch, it, it might upset unsettle your own team, but it unsettles the defence of the other side as well. Because all week they would have been working on how you're going to combat Harry Kane. Yeah, very much and so. And 30 minutes into the game, he's not there. So they're like, right, who do we pick up now? And for, for, for every one of our goals, there was enough space afforded to the right player at the right time for us to score. And maybe if Kane's on the pitch, that doesn't necessarily happen because the attention is drawn to him and that's where the ball's going. So it, what it does is, like I said before, when you're playing against sides like Bournemouth, like, <clears throat> you know, who in, who in that region in the, in the league table, they're not going to play beautiful free-flowing attacking football for the entire game. They are going to sit in at times. And having small, nimble, little, skillful players, when you're trying to break down that sort of system, it, it does work. And obviously, after we went 2-1 down and Bournemouth have to come out and try and play, we just sat there, soaked it up. <clears throat> and the third goal was, like, unbelievable in terms of, of the amount of space that they left. You know, first of all, Son does really well there. He forces the Bournemouth player to take a square free kick which then means we can break out quickly we win the ball and <clears throat> 10 seconds later you know the ball's in the net again so they're all intelligent players as well they all they all know their jobs they all know what to what to do in this kind of scenario and, that, and they obviously didn't panic and in the end it was a, a great a great win without Kane 
Yeah, but I mean, let's to be clear, I want to make it clear from why, because you know what this show's like, we want Kane back, don't get me wrong, listen, we hope we're all pr fingers crossed and praying and hoping that Kane's injury isn't long term, we've got massive games to come though, we're going to need Kane, the likes of the Man Cities, the likes of the Chelsea, and John obviously, Cup, still in the FA Cup, we need him back, don't we, as soon as possible. Yeah, that's the, that's the worry. Yeah. You know, you'd say up to this point in the season, our biggest game is going to be this Saturday yes, coming away. It's going to be in so. the Cup. Yeah. So from that point of view, yeah, obviously there's a worry. But, you know, again, it's, it's you don't want to underestimate the opposition, but there's worse teams to be playing this weekend of without Kane. That's just, that's yeah. how I'm seeing it. Yeah. And obviously so. when we played Swansea away in the league, Kane didn't come on until later on in the game. And, you know, we managed to, we, we squeezed out a 2 0 win there, didn't we? So, with Lorente starting up front. So, uh, it's it's never good to lose one of your best players or any of the any of the squad. But we have coped all season with constant injuries. Yeah. Wanyama's been out for a long, long time. Adavero, John. as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> well, you got Wanyama was our player of the season last year. You've got Toby, who's one of the best in Europe. You know what I mean? They've all had, they've all had spells on the, on the sidelines and we've coped really well. And, you know, we're now talking about as, as the boys were saying earlier, Harry Winks, who was magnificent in the Bernabeu, who can't even get on the bench nowadays. So, you know, maybe when, when one door closes, another door opens for someone else, and we'll see. Yeah. But, no, we'll, we'll be all right. Jack, I want to come back round to you. So, we spoke initially at the start of the show about Serge Aurier and maybe the bad side we see of him defensively. But, you know, in that first half, we then see him put a delightful ball in for Deli Alley. I mean, I've got to ask you, Jack, you know, being at the games watching Aurier... Do you think, and I might be going crazy here, for all of his faults, I just see so many of his, maybe his negative parts. I saw in Rose and Walker's game. Do you think I'm mad to think, you know, give him a season under Pochettino, his coaching, that he's going to turn him into a top-class fullback? Am I going crazy, Jack? There, what do you reckon? There is certainly an aspect of that. He's done it. I'm not sure of his record with it at Espanyol, but he's done it since he's been in the Premier League. Mm. He turned Luke Shaw into the most expensive teenager in football at the time when he was sold to Manchester United. Yep. He got Callum Chambers, who has had a, a strange career since he left Southampton. He had him starting over Nathaniel Klein every week. And, and Klein, you know, when he's fit, when he's had a, a run of games, is a fantastic fullback. So he's clearly very good. And every, obviously everyone knows what, what he did with Walker, what he did with Rose, Trippier and Davies now. Mm. So there is, of course, a, a long way for for Aurea to come and I spoke I asked Pochettino about it um, after the Crystal Palace game when he, when he did his three foul throws and I think he did another one yesterday as well actually um, having survived the Huddersfield game without <laughs> doing one um, but there is a, of course a sense of that but I, I do think that you know the goal and the assist sort of masked a fairly poor performance yesterday he was um, like you mentioned earlier for the, for the first uh, goal he was drawn straight into the, to mm. the middle completely to get about Stanislas behind him and there are always some nervy moments watching him so you'd expect Pochettino to be able to iron them out but sort of keep the eccentric side of his game alive to some extent because that does help going forward um, but no it's, it's there, there's plenty of reasons to have hope that Pochettino will do with him what he's done with almost every other fullback before him. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I just think from like a rational perspective, we saw the same, as I said there, with, I mean, with Walker and with Rose. I mean, Jay, let me come around to you. David McClure asked the question, thoughts at Serge left-back, played well against Salah at Wembley as well. Is that a potential position for him, do you think, Jay? What do you think? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I, I've seen it everywhere that he had a good game against Salah and 
I really didn't think he did. I thought he very. I thought he struggled. I really did. I thought Salah got in a few times, and his goalie also got in. And mm. yeah, I'm not sure about starting left back because I've not really seen him use his left foot. I don't. I'm not a fan. Are you sold on him right at all, though, Jay? Jay? Are you sold on him at all? Do you think he can turn it around with Pochettino's coaching? Yeah, definitely. It goes back to what you say. Danny Rose used to be a lot worse than the current Serge Aurier. I remember Danny Rose at the Emirates stood on halfway line, turning backwards did, and forwards yeah. Yeah, three, four times. Mm. And then, then Danny Rose, the player that he was last season, and I just think you see a lot of Danny Rose and old Kyle Walker in Serge Aurier. I said to my friend the other day that I think there is hope for Serge Aurier, but... <laughs> With every passing game, it, it look it just diminishes, and I don't know. That's, I like to see him have another another season next year, and I think another thing to say with Serge is when he was signed, I think the dynamic of the team was five at the back with him supposed to come in as a wing back. Yeah, and I think that would take a lot of pressure off him. I don't think he is an out and out fullback. I think he he, he would flourish more in a wing back system, and I think that's gone against him with Toby's injury. Yeah, maybe next season we might see a better surge playing at wing back. I'm not so sure. You made a great point there. Don't you mean you made you made a great point there because there's no doubt about it, Jay. That he does seem better going forward, doesn't he? That that's the that's yeah, the fact. Yeah. I mean, John, let me ask you. Uh, Minty bloke says, "Have we found our Danny Rose replacement at left back in Serge Aurier?" Would you make of that one? <laughs> well, as I just said, I'm not sure that he's a uh, he's got any kind of future at left back. He needs to. Well, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but I, I actually agree with Jack. They highlighted on Match of the Day, Harry had a good game, and I was I was a bit like, well, this is a if you get a goal and assist, it mark it masks all the other nonsense that you managed to do <laughs> during the game. And I think that one one good thing you can say about Serge is he literally seems to have no clue what he's about to do. No. So that means not not nor did, nor unpredictable. John is he just absolutely nuts? He's just most he's most bizarre. He's just berserk, isn't he? You just don't know what he's going to do. And even John, some of his pictures in celebrations, they are cracking. The one with him and Sonny at the yeah. weekend. What a cracking picture that was, John. Yeah, that was. It's not. It's you know. I've always been a fan of the handshake, especially with Sonny. <laughs> you know, a, a year or two ago, I remember seeing. Um, things in the mainstream media about them looking like silly boys and stuff. But I love it. I think it shows a real camaraderie and friendship there. So long may it continue. But, yeah, with Aurier, listen, I don't think you can judge any player in a Pochettino team until they've had at least one full pre-season. I think that's fair, yeah. So mm. we come back in 12 months' time. If we're still talking about an absolute basket case, then maybe... <laughs> maybe, <laughs> then, it, <laughs> maybe then hope is lost. But at the minute, absolutely not. I'm with him 100%. And you think, you know, like I say... We get we get through a pre-season with him and see what he's like this time next year because he came in late, obviously, as, as is the Spurs way in the summer transfer window, oh, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, and it it can hinder. But listen, I, I still think it's it's the same as Lorente. When you go back to to the summer, on paper at least, Aurier and Lorente were exactly what this squad needed, and we just got to give them time. And the good thing about Serge is obviously he's only 24, 25. He's yeah. got a lot. He's you know he's not peaked yet. His best days are still to come. And, he, you know, I think he's in the right place. And, you know, as as Jack said, if you look at Pochettino's exemplary record at uh, improving fullbacks, then he's in the best place and he's un, he's in the right hands, at least. Let's talk about another player that has come under pressure. And that needs us nicely. I want to speak about Delhi Ali. I mean, Jack, coming round to you, I mean, 
he was mentioned on the end of Aureus Cross for that vital equaliser and then shushed the Bournemouth fans who had given him stick all game. I mean, the opposition fans never learn that. That almost seems to fire him up, Jack, in a way. I, he thrives off it. He really he enjoys does, it. We spo- we, we've spoken to him about it um, after games before and he sort of brushes off criticism from, from you know, the media, from, from ourselves and things that get written about and criticisms that get made about diving. But then if you go out there and from minute one, wherever he's been this season, since the, the diving thing took another spike, um, he's been vilified by every set of fans, whether it's at Wembley and they're, they're in the away end, whether you're on the road with them. They, they all turn and they enjoy him. He's a pantomime villain, but he really, really thrives off it and enjoys proving people wrong. Do you find it surprising, though, Jack? This guy's an English lad. Everyone's going to be supporting him at the World Cup, and yet he's given so much criticism when he's on the road. Did, Can you understand that, Jack? I did think about that. Sort mm. of what, when when he was getting booed, I just sort yeah. of thought, what happens next season if he does have a good World Cup? Well, and, yeah, and comes back. But things like that are quickly forgotten in football. It, it's the way it goes. I mean, mm. give it not even until the end of the season, and there'll be a new sort of villain in the Premier League. It was. Alexis Sanchez, towards the end of his time at Arsenal, fans around the country sort of started to turn on him, and he got a bit of a hard time. So, it'll 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 come around where he'll do something at the World Cup, or he'll do something magic in the Premier League, and people will, will maybe give him an easier ride again. Yeah, I mean, let me bring it around to you, Jay. I mean, I find it staggering with Deli Ali that not does he only get you know stick from his opposition. He gets stick from his own supporters, Jay, at times. I mean, this guy, he's reached 10-plus goals in all competitions for a third successive season. He's assisted nine goals this season. I mean, I have to always reiterate the point, Jay, that he's only 21 years old and it's only his third full Premier League season. I mean, why is there such, you know, hate for Deli Alley out there from certain sections of even Spurs fans, dare I add? I don't know. I love him. I absolutely love him. I think he's the most underappreciated player in our squad just because of the amount of stick he does get. And mm. I think... I just think he's absolutely brilliant. When uh, at the Juve game, I just I made a point of watching him, and I just think he's so intelligent for his age. He could play anywhere on a football pitch, and he's just he's he's a joy to watch, and he's backing it up with the stats again after people are criticising him. It's I think it's only De Bruyne and Sane that got yeah, more assists true. in the mid league, and nobody yep. thought of him as being a guy that can make assists, but it. There is a reason why he's undroppable at the minute, and the, it's not just because Pochettino is his mate. It's it's more than that, and I think I think it's starting to show now, especially when he goes away from home. He he loves it. He fr- absolutely thrives off it, doesn't he? And yeah. There's a few times now we've seen him cup his hand to his ear, Swansea <laughs> away, and yes, yeah, true, Bournemouth away. He loves the big moments, and that's why he's in the team. He he creates moments. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. He does create the moments. I mean, Janet Ilias, I was coming around to you, John. Just how much of a bastard is Delhi? Winding up opposition players and fans. Everything we've craved in a footballer for years, John. Oh, absolutely. That's what we love about him. Because in the past, our horrible little players in our team have been players like Mauricio Tarico and Michael Brown. Stefan Freud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the difference is Delhi can back it up. Yes, true. Because, yeah, he can be that pantomime villain and an arsehole on the pitch, but then he also knows that he's going to get the opportunity to cup his ears to the crowd. And the thing is, going back to what you were saying about a World Cup approach, you know, honestly, Ricky, I don't buy that. 
If there's a World Cup approaching, would you all of a sudden start liking John Terry? No, that's a fair point. No, that's a fair point, John. No, I, I get uh, your point there. But does he deserve what he gets, John? What has he done to what you know, John Terry? I, I, I don't care in saying this. John Terry has got reasons out there for you to dislike him. I don't understand what Deli Ali is. You know, all this diving stuff. You know, so many players dive. No, don't get me wrong. It's a part of his game he's got to work on. But what does he deserve, John? The abuse he gets. I don't get it. Do you know what I think it is, Rick? I think I blame it on the heavy Liverpool presence in the in the in. <laughs> In Sky Sports and BT Sport and stuff, because they obviously don't like us since uh, since the two two there at Anfield. It's all mm. been going on about you know they're still not over it. There, no, they're not. They that they drew that day, <laughs> and I think when when you're talking about I don't know, I'm not questioning the integrity of of people here. They get paid to do a job, but <clears throat> when you get people like Jamie Carragher constantly going on about it, and then he, all right, I'm not saying I'm not saying you'd like United fans by the way. And up in Kent, I know exactly how he feels because I was surrounded by. I've been surrounded by a lot of them for all my life. But I just think it's that it's that constant media uh, agenda. You know what I mean? It's like I've, I've said many times when you're talking about players coming and going and stuff. I don't understand why not more players are linked with Tottenham because yeah, there, there yeah. can't be many places, especially as a younger player. There can't be many places on the planet where you where you're going to get more of a chance and the chance to succeed in terms of playing, getting enough playing time and making a name for yourself. Because, you know, we can back this up. Potter's, that's what Potter's done. And the fact that our players are linked with moves away, <clears throat> excuse me, constantly. But yet, over the last 12 years, Liverpool have won exactly what we've won. And they have continued to sell their best players yes. regularly. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Pino, players like this. Yeah. But no one ever says the same or levels the same kind of stuff at them as they do at us. So each time I see it, I just ignore it that little bit more now, to be honest with you. Because yeah. you see, like, Harry Kane and Hugo Lloris, there was that video of them walking out onto the um, what will be the pitch at the new stadium. And Harry's saying, I can't wait to play here and score some goals here. But that will that will be ignored. Yeah, that will be. still get linked with moves away. Yeah. Even though he's literally come out and said, listen, he, he doesn't have to say that, Rick. No, he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't. You're right. There's, there's a reason why that video, that promotional video for the new stadium involved the captain, Hugo Lloris, and our best player, most valuable player, Harry Kane. It's because the both you listen to both of them. They're not going nowhere. No. Mm-hmm. So, if if and you, you'd like to think that they'd be two of the players we'd struggle to replace the most, right? And they're not going nowhere. So, I don't get why that continues to happen. Firstly, can I jump, can I jump in there quickly? and just, I, Please do. The, Give me your the, perspective. The, the, the Deli Alley thing, I think, it is something that is talked about too much. There is too much of a heavy focus on it. But I don't know if it comes from a media agenda in the sense that I've never, ever come across anyone in, in a press room, in a press role that has a sort of a agenda against one team. A lot of people are professional enough to put their sort of um, bias aside somewhat. But Pochettino spoke about, even Roy Hodgson spoke about, um, I mean, he does love Deli Alley to bits. I think he rather watch him than his own team sometimes but he he they both said that look it's just something that is talked about too much and I think it happens in a high profile game and then you go somewhere to say Crystal Palace where it is a bit of a, a London derby and then um it it just goes straight through and it comes straight back up again so I don't know if it's if it's if it's there is too heavy a media focus on it, but I wouldn't say it comes from a media agenda of somebody wanting to dig him out. I think it also comes into the fact that he's young, um, but yeah, it is something that's talked about too much in in every aspect, really. Mm. I, I mean, think the difference is Jack. There, you've got there's a difference between a press box or a press room or whatever, 
and and these the same people and their Twitter accounts. I, I look at people like John Cross, who's he's a massive gooner. I know, Sorry, I do know on. what you mean, but um, I I I just have to say, from my experience, I've never come across um, I've never come across anyone with with a sort of strong bias in in that sort of side of reporting. What do you make, John? If you want to say, say the stats about Dilly, I mean, he's involved, like I say, in 25 goals for Tottenham in all the competitions this season. That's 10 goals, 15 assists. And you look at his stats in for the last, you know, three years. You know, Grighton, I think 27, 2018, he had 10 goals. 2016, 2017, he had 22. 2015, 2016, 10. I mean, John, we're talking about a guy here that has been consistent for Spurs for the last three seasons. Do you think, even from our own supporters, John, there should be, you know, a bit more of appreciation for Dilly, like, you know, Jay has said as well there? I think I think deep down there is. I just think it's, there's so much bandwagon jumping that goes on nowadays, Rick, because mm. it's like we've said before, these are conversations in the past that you would have had with your brother or with your mate down yeah, at the pub or whatever. Yeah. Now it happens on social media and it's everything, everyone's opinion is forced. You know, that people could be quite forceful with it and it's magnified due to that. And I think that if you was to, if you was to be, you know, walking along the concourse inside Wembley, when we next play at home and ask people, then they, they, then you'd get a different kind of answer from a lot of people. Because, listen, what it is with him, I think, we know he's so good and we know that he's only going to get better. Yeah. Right? That's that's fact. But sometimes, and Spurs fans are notoriously fickle and lack, and a lot of us lack patience. And I think that's all it is because you get a player that does it once and then they expect it to happen again and again and again. And if it doesn't, you know, Deli Ali was better last season. I feel his general performance was better last season. But then last season he ends up getting sent off in the Europa League, which means he missed three Champions League games this season. Just little things like that. Yeah, I think he doesn't help himself a lot of the time. But hundred percent, without a doubt, I'd much rather be playing for my team than any other because you know that, regardless of whether you like him or not, you know that he does affect games. Of course. And that's what these, that's what these people get paid for. And he, he does it week after week. Even if he's not scoring or assisting. You look at the, the game against Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago. For he, he got an assist for the first goal. And then he puts pressure on the left-back, which, which gets Kane the ball, who then crosses for Son to score to make it two. And that goes under the radar. But not by us, it doesn't. No, of course not. But then you know what it's like, Rick. If if you pick up on saying that some one of our players has done ever so well, and you go, you know, and and you, again you force that on social media, and then you get accused of being a happy crapper. Yeah, you, you can't, can't win. win, can you? You cannot win either way. But one guy that is getting all the appreciation, and rightly so, is Hummin Son. And Jay, let me bring it round to you. I mean. Listen, with Sonny, you've got to say, Ali then went from goal scorer to creator to play a wonderful cross into Sonny. Let's be fair, Jack. I mean, it was a slightly fortuitous volley. I mean, I've got to say to you, Jay, many labelled his Spurs team a one-man team. It's very much not the case, is it, with Sonny? No, it's definitely not. Sonny, Sonny epitomises everything that a young footballer should want to be. He works hard and he gets his chances during games and... He'll do anything for the team. He's not happy. He's happy. I mean, just to be told he's going to sit on the bench, he don't he don't kick up a fuss if it's best for the team. You know, he knows he'll be coming on and get a chance then. I just think that he just epitomises everything. And talking about his goal, that's the second fortuitous one, isn't it? Two weeks the one <laughs> against true. Juventus came off his left foot. And yeah, he, he's just getting all the look at the minute. Long may it continue. He's brilliant to watch, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Jack, what have you made of him? Can he, do you think, 
sticking with you, Jay. Do you think he can step up now? We've got a period where we may lose Kane, you know, for a while. Can Sonny become that number nine for a for a small for you know for hopefully a small period whilst Kane gets back to fitness? Well, I hope so, and I think if Kane's injury could have come at any time, and it is going to be long term, I would like it to be now because I remember, but I, I believe I don't know if he was injured or. The Man City game last year at White Hart Lane, yeah. where Son started up top, and we absolutely terrorised them, pressing them from the front, and we have got City coming up in a couple of weeks. I think we I think yet. Son starting would be a better for the team. If Kane's not out, if he's fit, then play him. But if, if not, I am very happy to see Son start up front for that game yeah. because he, just, he will pressure them and they don't like it. Right. Otamendi's not the best on the ball, and... I think we'll cause some problems with Son. I think he can really step up in these weeks. Jack, let me come round to you. Let me talk to you about Son. I mean, this guy, he continues to bang the goals in week after week. I mean, he's a simply incredible player, Jack, that you know many would say he'll be the key figurehead for anyone else's team. 18 goals alone this season. I mean, anything else you can add to the Hummin Son superlatives, Jack, that we've heard on this show? What what we sort of noticed the other day, and he's... You you can tell he's sort of getting that confidence back. It's it's been a strange. It's always been a strange situation with Son. He seems the sort of only player in that side that um, if he doesn't have, you know, if he has two sort of fairly quiet games, that's it. Pochettino doesn't true. sort of trust him to and come through. And he brings the Melerin. And he brings the Melerin. He brings that. Yeah, precisely. But um, what you sort of start to see coming through from him once he got moved into the middle, once he'd sort of you know almost turned things around on his own a little bit. Um, before it went off and was was four one, uh, there was a moment where he and Deli Ali, Deli Ali sort of gave him a, a lot of stick after one move broke down, and usually you'd see Son just sort of accept that and be like, yeah, all right, but he properly gave it back to him. So he's sort of he's now starting to realise the role he's got and he and he's taking on a, a more of a leadership role in, in the side, um, and he's doing that through performances. Yeah, he is. I mean, like I say, the guy at the moment is in phenomenal form. John, we have you on quite regularly on this show. Is there anything you can add to, um, like we say, the Hun Min Son loving that we haven't said about Sonny? Yeah, I think the thing is, like, it's nice to see, like, that, that, that clip that uh, Jack was just talking about there. That, that was good. It's like, you know, he's found his place in the team. He's more comfortable within it now. And he wants to try and stamp his authority on it. And there was he had a chance to complete a hat-trick. He had a left-footed shot, which was well saved by Begovic. And he see he was disappointed. But I just, I just want to say thanks to all the Spurs fans that were down here yesterday that finally rolled that song out oh, for him. About time, wasn't it, John? About time he had a song? You know what? I, I don't know whether it actually makes a difference, you know, because we've, we've had Hugo Lloris since 2012 and all we go is, all we just shout at Hugo every time he makes a save. You can't mm. really class that as a song. But <laughs> it's nice to know that they're appreciated and that they, you know, for them to know it as well because you get the same songs get rolled out every week and it's nice to add another one to our repertoire and to... <laughs> And to get, you know, start singing about a fan, a player, sorry, that deserves it. Because I think a lot of the time in the past, we've had songs for players that have been sort of our piss takes. Like last season, we were singing Vincent Janssen, he scores when he wants. Things like <laughs> Which that. weren't often, John, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just he just chose not to score, I think, is what it was. And, you know, we had songs for players like Didier Zakora and Pascal Chimbonda and players like that back in the day. They were absolute pony compared to the the, the players that we've got nowadays. So that was nice to see. And for him to come out afterwards and say that it gave him goosebumps was lovely. Oh. Just Every time you see him speak or you see him smiling, you just want to give him the cuddle. You do. I don't know about the rest of you, but oh, oh, I love the bloke. 
John, and even I say now, he's scored as many Premier League goals as Eden Hazard. I mean, he may not be, like I say, prolific, but John, that tells you the kind of company he's associating himself in. And I make that point, like I said to Jack, you know, if it was any other team out there, you know, top six, he'd be their star man, wouldn't he, John? Am I going under, over the top saying that? I don't think you are going over the top. I think what it does do is it that that what you just said there just sort of um, magnifies the difference between someone being overrated and underrated, in my opinion. <laughs> Now, I'm not digging out Eden Hazard because he plays for Chelsea. He's a mm. quality player. Yeah. But he he he's had he's had so many really long prolonged periods of dipped form since he's been at Chelsea. That season when they finished eighth or tenth or whatever it was, he was nowhere. It's all well they're the, they're the kind of players where where it's going well, they're superb. But when the going gets tough, they they go missing, and you can't know about Sonny. No. And 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 most of our squad, to be fair. No, you can't. Let me ask you one question, John, before we move it on. Um, Andrew Griffiths asks, if Harry Kane is out for a period, would you start Sonny up front or Lorente and keep Sonny in midfield? What do you make that question? Well, considering we've now got Lamella back and obviously Lucas Moura has not really had too much of a chance recently, I would say that, you know, Sonny is going to score more goals than Lorente, given the same amount of minutes on the pitch, in my opinion. And I think Pochettino agrees with that, to be fair. Like we said, he could have bought Lorente on yesterday and he didn't. So I would say that because we've got better options sort of behind the striker, it's kind of less important now. Because it's not like, you know, in the 90s when we had we literally had two players. If Anderton and Sheringham weren't on it, then we were stuffed. It's a lot true. different to yeah, that Yeah, that's now. very because true. Lamella yeah. came on and made a massive difference. Yeah. So yeah. and Lamella's going to have a more positive impact on a game, I would say, than Lorente at the minute. And I think Lorente's problem is that he is a very much, uh, you know, he play he can play one way. You know what Sonny done yesterday? He come off the left. He's played as a centre forward. He scored two goals. Lorente cannot do that. And we know that Pochettino likes a player to be to be versatile and to be able to be a jack of all trades, but not just a jack of all trades, but master of all trades as well, because. You're not watching that game yesterday again, or Son looks like a fish out of water player. No, 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 not at all. Doesn't. No, he's a yeah. constant threat. He's a menace, and he's less of a static target than Lorente, which is probably easier to cope with as a centre half. If you're, you know, the kind of ilk sort of stature of Francis and Cook and Ake and Daniels playing at, across the back four for Bournemouth yesterday, they're all they're all quite big lads. So any balls into the air, they were coping well with. And it weren't until you know you start having to play. You know, we did play. We played differently after Kane went off. There's no getting away from it. And and Son was perfect yesterday. And I think it's going to be a a real struggle for Lorente to get many more minutes than he would have done if Kane wasn't injured. Yeah, I think that's so, an absolute fair analysis. I think you spot yeah, on that job. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry well. about it. Honestly, I, like I say, in the past I would have worried about it, but I don't at the minute. And hopefully that faith isn't misplaced. But we'll soon find out. Yeah, we will very much soon. We're going to speak to, about Swansea in just a second, but let me go back round to you, Jay, for a second and talk about Christian Eriksen. I mean, he was very much a key man in that midfield on Sunday, pulling all the strings in more of a deeper role, you would maybe argue. But he worked so hard off the board, also freed Son, who went round the goalkeeper, to claim his second of the game and effectively kill off the match. What did you make of Eriksen's performance, Jay? Yeah, it's, it's becoming quite an occurrence, isn't it, with Eriksen? He puts in these performances where you just you watch him and he just the master of a football like yeah. wherever he wants to put that football he can do it and on any turn on any angle and some games he's just really on it and he's is another joy to watch and just uh, for the for the goal where he dragged all players away I just thought wow that's just a testament to his footballing ability and his IQ he's just 
a step ahead of everyone else when he gets the ball and and it's just a pleasure to have him at Tottenham and watch him week in, week out. Do you think, Jack, coming around to you, do you think he gets enough credit for the work he does off the ball? Because he does put in the mileage, doesn't he? This is something I sort of, when Pochettino's uh, five-year anniversary or 200th game came up, it was mm. something I looked at. And you looked at him as a player, you know, even early in, in Pochettino's time there, and he, he didn't move too much. But he's really come on, and, and the work he puts off the ball now, like you you mentioned is outstanding and makes a real difference to the way Pochettino wants to play. Yeah, I mean, like I say, phenomenal player. So I tell you what, let's bring Swansea into the occasion then. So for this coming Saturday, Jack, let me stick with you. I mean, as far as I'm aware, we're going to go into this one with a hatchet of injury worries. I think obviously Kane being the main one, but Ali and Rose also had to be substituted um, towards the end of that game. I know it's very early to tell, Coming into this Saturday, do you think we're going to have any likelihood of maybe Ali or Rose being available for this week? Um, it sounds like they'll, they'll both be available. Okay. Um, Pochettino, after the game, sounded quite confident, said it wasn't really a problem. Um, may, I, I, I'm not sure whether Ali will play or not, just with maybe um, one eye on, on the international break, knowing that he's likely going to play either both, right. um, or if not both, one of those games. Um Though Pochettino won't take too much consideration of that, but he, it's something that will will come onto his mind. But he didn't really seem too concerned. I'd imagine Ben Davies will start anyway, um, even if Rose was fit, just because it, I, I think now it is, if not the biggest, maybe Chelsea's the biggest, but um, it is the bit, one of the biggest games of the season. It um, is, yep. You get you get through here, and then you've got um, you've got one uh, semi final effectively at home, and then the next game, if you get into the FA Cup final, you've still got that effective home advantage again, um, which although it's only a season, will will help. Um, so I think that Ben Davies would have started anyway. It's a so-called bigger game. I think Kane is the only one that that will be missing for anything longer than, than a week. OK, interesting. Thanks for that, Jack. Let me a bit round to you, John. I mean, we also had the news, obviously, from the weekend that Jordan Ayew was sent off for Swansea, which means that he will miss the FA Cup quarterfinal against us. He scored in three of their last four home games. I think they did try and appeal the decision, or I think they decided not to appeal, so he definitely won't be available. That, I'm sure, John, will count in our favour quite uh, nicely, not having him to worry about. Well, you'd like to think so, but then, you know, what are the chances of Sammy Abraham coming in and playing well instead? Well, that's you know, of course, I, yeah, I that's the thing. Mm. This, is, this is the thing. When you're talking about, especially this season and our FA Cup run so far, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you no. can't count your chickens. No, I think, listen, we've, they'll, they'll be looking at us and, and probably thinking they've got more of an advantage that our striker's missing than, than, they would have, than we would have by their striker missing, if you know what I mean. So, it's one of them, isn't it? I think, we go into this game probably as favourites, I would say, and you think that you know if the league table's anything to go by, then we should win. But that's you know that's that's not that's not the way football is, and I'm I'm frightened. I must admit, I'm scared to predict this one because being the the prophet of doom, if we do lose <laughs> on Saturday, then you think that's you know season. All right, there's still stuff to play for. Obviously, course, there's still yeah. Champions League qualification to to play for, and you know ensuring that St Tottenham's Day doesn't surface again this year, which hopefully it won't. So, but. You know, this is—it just feels this FA Cup run feels m- more important and more massive than than I can remember for a very, yeah. very long time. Yes, yeah, But then I'm sure it does for Chelsea and Man United as well, and for Southampton and for Brighton because as soon as Wigan beat Man City, everyone else is going, "Cool, we got you know we got more of a chance here." And, and that's not to say that Man City can't be beaten, but obviously they're 
you know, they're a very good side. And with them taken out of the equation, it means that obviously they can't win it, and one of the other teams who's left in it will. So, and God knows we've waited long enough. Oh, you know we what have. I mean? Yeah. We so have let's let's hope that you know in twenty years' time they'll be they'll be still selling this season shirt with the FA Cup winners <laughs> embroidery on it like they do for the old shirts of the past. So it's massive. It's massive. Listen, it, it doesn't fuss me who, who plays for Swansea. All I know is it's Swansea City against Tottenham Hotspur lunchtime Saturday. The rest, you know, whoever plays, whoever doesn't play. If Pochettino decides he wants to stick with his FA Cup goalkeeper or bring Lloris back in. I think that's more of a bigger bigger issue for me, but we'll see. And like I say, it's, it's a massive one. I really pray that we win. Yeah, let me bring it round to you, Jay. I mean, what kind of team are you expecting Pochettino to put out, especially as you do have that free week? I mean, you know, it's a point there that John mentions that, you know, this FA Cup game, it seems like it's the biggest one for us in what's been years. I know we always say that, but you just get that feeling that, you know, everyone at the moment, all they keep saying to us, Jack, is, you know, what have you won? What have you won? What have you won? So, I mean, let me ask you, Jamie, what do you think we can do in this competition? Can we go all the way? And what kind of team do you think Pochettino's going to put out? Um, it does seem really big for some reason. It just seems like this is, especially like what John said, we, with the Wigan result against City, that just blew it wide open. And yep. I think I think with playing at Wembley, if we get to the semi-final, touch wood, that we... You know, it's all written for us, but we've got to get past Swansea first on on Saturday, and it's a tough game. And with regards to the team selection and the week break, if if it's anything but our strongest eleven, I think that's an injustice. Let me come round to you, Jack. I mean, there seems to be, like John has said, there there's an expectancy now about this FA Cup than there has been, you know, in years over Tottenham. Do you think this is, you know, the year, Jack, that we really have to kind of make an all go out all guns blazing for this competition? I think so. I think it's that Pochettino's always been hesitant towards the Cup. And he, he did it at Southampton as well. And um, it's it's something that he really, I think he's starting to realise, you know, this is it now. It is the tournament. He doesn't want to look at, go out and say it because if, if they go out again, then, you know, you get the whole line coming up again of what have you won, bottling it in a competition you cared about, etc., which is nonsense, but it's what will will come out. I think it's something that he has to focus on. I think it's something that he need. It's the best chance you will have in years. Whether you, you know, last year semi final, whether you go back again in the next few years, this season, having had the season at Wembley, is the best chance Spurs will get in a long time. And it's something that all the focus should be put on, just to move another hoodoo for use of a very apt word this season to move that on as well. Yeah. Big, big game. Okay, let's get some predictions in. It is a, a horrible game to predict. And, John, I hate to say it, I'm going to start with you, pal. Um, what are you going to go for, John, for this coming Saturday? Quarter-final of the FA Cup against Swansea. Oh, dear. All I'm going to predict is that my arsehole will be doing as many beats per minute as my heart. <laughs> Other than oh, that, I, I, don't, I don't want to say too much, mate, to be honest. You know, my, my predictions are always a bit wonky, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Do you know what? As it's uh, today, if you asked me today, mm. and, I, and I was a neutral, I'd say you'd, you'd think Spurs are going to win this. But I've got obviously such an emotional, vested interest in what goes on on Saturday. It's so important. Of this course, is, yeah. you know, this is it now. This, it's all on this FA Cup. And if we could do it, you know, with with home advantage, if you want to call it that, then you know, this is it's the only time it's ever going to happen this season. So let's hope it does. It, it you know, ultimately pays dividends because we have played every game away. If you like this season. And you look at the league table and you see how well we've coped with it. Yeah. You know, so 
I just I just hope that I hope that Spurs win, obviously. And I hope that it's not too difficult to watch. That's all I'm after. Okay, fair enough. John leaving us open there. Let me come round to you, Jack. I mean, we've spoke about how important this game is for Tottenham. I mean, it would be great for us to go into the new stadium with that FA Cup shining. What do you think it's going to be, Jack? Can you give us a prediction? I, th- I think Swansea will be difficult. They will make it tough. But I think they've got other things to focus on at the moment. It's still very tight at the, at the bottom of the Premier League. The international break gives them a sort of excuse to play the full team but it still won't be their main focus um, and really it, it should be one of those ones that Tottenham this season especially away from home against sides of that stature have, have done quite well where, where they haven't before so I think it should be a comfortable one for Tottenham something like 2-0 OK Jack thank you very much for that there you go set us on our way to a 2-0 win and over to you Jay are you going to be as confident as Jack there and stick your neck out and give us a, a positive prediction <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't. It's quarter final at FA Cup, isn't it? So there is there is no ex, there is no replays, is there? It's extra no, time no, and penalties, it right? It will go all the way. Unfortunately, yep, it will go. There's nothing saving Tottenham to a penalty shoot. I'm afraid, Jack. Yeah, it's just screens penalties. <laughs> do you think? Oh, dude, don't yeah. do that to us. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, can, do, I just can we win it on penalties, though, Jack? Can we win it on penalties? Do you think? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, do you think? Fifty fifty. Do you think the confidence is there in the squad to get through a penalty shootout? To be fair, I think we won our last one. Yeah. Well, I think we did win our last one all those years ago now. Such a long time ago, we lost in a penalty shootout. What are you going to go for, Jack? Come on, give us a prediction. Uh, no, I think I think we can win the game on the day, but it's, it's just as big for Swansea as it is for us. It's especially a club of that stature. This is, this is a big game for them. They'll be... Full of confidence, we are Kane injury, and like John said earlier, they'll they'll be thinking, wow, that's more of an advantage to us than what it is we are you out for them. But do you think but, though, Jack, do you think on that point though, do you think, Jack, like um like Jack just said also, is that with the case that you know relegation, they still haven't got obviously got that sorted out yet. Do you think that might play a play a factor into the game in terms of who they might select? <laughs> Maybe, but as a Swansea fan, I wouldn't like to think so, especially with international break coming up. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It depends what they opt for. If they don't play the full-strength squad more for them, I think we will. And Yeah, I'm pretty confident, barring a penalty shootout. OK. We'll leave it as that. We won't push you anymore, because I can see this is going to be a tough one. Guys, I'm going to go with a 2 0 win. I think we will get over the line. I have to say, John, thank you so much for coming back on tonight. Great to have you two nights in a row, or two shows in a row, should I say, John. That's all right, mate. No worries. Always a pleasure. Oh, top man. We'll get you back on soon. Jack, thank you so much for making your debut tonight. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. No worries, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Don't be seeing no problem. Hopefully we can get you back on soon. And also, I've got to say a massive thank you again. The other Jack, who's been called Jay for most of the evening. Jay, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot. Don't be silly. Pleasure's been all ours. Well, guys, we are going to be back next week. Hopefully discussing Spurs progressing in the FA Cup. As always, come on you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.